today on The Breakdown. It's a whole new world because it's David Van Plew. Harry Potter light against Artem Litmanov in the PCA. And they play a hand that has got a lot of talking, a lot of speech play, if you will. And also just a lot of curious decisions. We're going to take it all apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Why is it a whole new world? It's a whole new world, Grant. Explain to me why it's a whole new world. (laughs) Because Uh, how is that relevant to anything else you said? I'm going to explain. Okay. We're doing a David Van Plew hand. Uh Uh-huh. Have we done that before? I don't know. I I was going to ask if we've done a Vamps hand. I don't think we have. So it's a whole new world. Wow. That's Aladdin. That was beautiful. It actually was pretty good. I hit that note way better than expected. You know, to be honest, I'm more excited about Artem Litvinov being in this hand. Yeah. That guy is entertaining. It turns out he is. That guy, I, I don't really want to be around him, but I would like to watch him. Is he like this all the time, the way he's yeah, in his well, hand? Maybe he plays up for the cameras, but he was featured for a bit in certain EPTs for a while, I remember, and he was always like this. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, this is great. And if you don't know what we're talking about, don't worry. We're going to get into it, and it's fun. Yeah, and we're also going to make a video of this so you'll yeah. be able to see everything we're talking about. If you're one of those people who are podcast-only people, and I know there are some of you out there. There's probably, a f- I don't know, not that many, but a few hundred of you at least. Yeah. This is a good one to watch the video on so you can really get a feel for the the moment that is created when Litvinov is doing the talking that he's doing because it sort of it leads to some interesting spots or a particular interesting spot for David Van Plew. Did we do the – we never did the Van Plew calvin Anderson. We never hand. did. We never did. That is an interesting hand. I want to do it at some point, actually. Yeah, that's that's uh, on the bubble where Calvin Calvin Anderson, if you guys don't know, is a very successful online player. Yeah. And uh, his whole thing is screw GTO, right? He's, oh, man. That is for sure. He told that to Jonathan, actually. We we met him yeah. this uh, this summer at the World Series, and Jonathan and him talked for a while while I was going to saw him in Arizona also. Oh, yeah. And Jonathan saw him in Arizona. Yeah, apparently Calvin Anderson's whole thing is... Uh, is screw GTO. I'm going to open Jack 3 off under the gun. Like, you guys can't handle what I'm going to do. I think, yeah, it's the you guys can't handle. Uh, can I win every pot is a lot of the Calvin Anderson way. Although I think he's chilled out a little bit since then. Still, I think his thing is, yeah, I'm going to play crazy and big and put make put everyone to tough decisions all the time, and it's on them. It's their we problem. should We should do that hand because it's certainly non-standard, and it's really an interesting spot. Yeah, it really is. Let's yeah. let's let's definitely strive so to do There'll be another that. Vamps hand in the near future, it looks right. like. A whole new world. That's right. That's what they say. Yeah. When we're regarding David Vento. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the hand we're going to talk about occurs, I think it's pretty early, probably even day one because it's 501K. It could be early day two. Yeah, it might be early day two. Uh, it's potentially early day two, but it's it's early in the tournament compared to most of the hands we end up doing. Right. We're not in the money. We're not super close to the money. Right. Um, and it folds to the small blind. This was suggested, by the way. Oh. Well, by what do you Isaac know? Carlisle. Hey. Thank you, Isaac. You know what to do? Suggest on the Twitter. What's the Twitter handle? The Twitter handle is at two poker guys, number two poker guys, That's include right. a YouTube link, include a timestamp, or you will be destroyed. You will be no more. Yep. Sorry. That's okay. It's Into just how dust, it is. You will become dust. It's a um it's a risk reward type of thing for you yeah. guys out there <laughs> suggesting on the Twitters these you days. You might get a shout out on the podcast, you might turn into a mound of dust. <laughs> I mean, you're eventually gonna be dust anyway. But in fairness, you are eventually going to get shattered on the podcast anyway, too. Yeah. Because if we turn you into a matter of dust, we're going to mention it. I'll tell you right now. Oh, yeah. We're bringing that up. Like, remember Ben Jones Groves? <laughs> <laughs> He's a mound of dust now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it folds around to Artem Litvinov, the most entertaining man in Russia, in the small blind. 
and he's got two black kings. Um, he has 83.5K, so he's got 83 blinds. But more importantly, Van Plu in the big blind has 23K. Right. So he has a potential shoving stack, uh, small versus big type of hand. Yeah. And Litvinov decides to limp the two kings. What do you think about this? I actually don't like it in this spot. I agree. I think if Van Plu's stack was 15K, it's a big difference. A 12, 11, 13K yeah. seems perfect 20, to limp. 23K, Van Plu's going to check back a ton of playable hands, whereas with 15K, he might shove his like ace-four suited type hands. 23 blinds is a really attractive number for Van Plu just to shove a lot of hands over our initial open, Yeah, too. If, we, if we two and a half or three exit, yeah, right. it's a really attractive. Like, we definitely have fold equity with 23 blinds. The only way I could justify this is if we've been limping the small blind van plus had a stack around this and he's been shoving a lot then right fair enough if he's been shoving his 23 blind sort of open shoving it then maybe that's different but i wouldn't expect van plus to do that too often especially in this exact situation where he gets to be in position he just doesn't have to risk 23 blinds that often yep either way litvinov decides limping is the way to go for him yeah so it's a whole new world as they say is that is that correct? Is a that... whole new world. So I used it correctly. It triggered yeah. the song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how you know. If the song is triggered, the <laughs> usage was correct. Uh, <laughs> so he limps. Van Plu's in the big blind with 23 blinds, and he's got 10 eight of spades. This is one of those hands that he might have just called a two and a half blind raise with anyway. He also it... might have shoved, though. He might have. Because it's a reasonable hand that if you get called, you're okay with. you know, And it's the kind of hand where... You know, you can call, but your stack to power ratio isn't amazing with this hand specifically. You know, you're going to be like four to one or something. Yeah. So I don't know. You could go either way with it. I but think. Li- but he might have shoved it. Well, Livanov allows him to have a very easy check here because right. we're in position. It flops well. We don't want to put ourselves in a weird spot. So I mean, if Amplu has twelve lines, I, I love a I love a little baby limp here. You know, from Livanov, yeah. much more a baby limp, baby limp, a little baby limp, not the normal limp. Right. The baby limp is like. Much less of a You way. have to break one of your chips in half and put that in. Not actually <laughs> do right. a full you call. Actually put in less, you actually put in less. Yeah. It's like the blinds are 500,000. I'm going to put in 200. <laughs> That's my limb. Yeah. Because okay. it's Russian. He's Russian. He can yeah, do that. it's part of it. Um, all right. So Van Plu checks. I feel like that's the right decision. Yeah. Um, he could raise, but now we're sort of bloating a pot when we just don't have to. And we have a hand that flops okay. And why mess around here? We still have 23 blinds. Like, it's okay to lose this, miss everything. Fold on the flop and move on. Right. Like, and we know that it would not work out well if we decided to raise. We, it turns out we do not. probably going to shove. If we had 14 blinds, I would probably be saying, I think we should just be shoving. 9, 10, 11, 12 blinds, I think we should just be shoving. I think it, we can maybe, check back with those hands or with those blind levels. We can, but I think it's okay. Uh, 10 blinds or less, I think it's really fine to shove a lot. It's okay, but I mean, a lot of... Maybe in this era, this was 2014, which yeah. is a similar era to now, but it's changed a little bit. You know, there's a lot of... What I did a lot this summer in the World Series and when I'm playing at tables with good players was calling out of the big blind a lot. And that was when I had, you know, 10 or 12 blinds. It used mm-hmm. to be crazy to consider doing that with a hand like 10-9 offsuit. You mean calling a raise? Or? Calling a raise, yeah. Okay. Like somebody would open to 2, 2.5x, I would have 13 blinds and 10-9 yeah. offsuit, and I would call out of the big blind because right. I think it's a disaster to shove there. And it used to be like you're folding or you're shoving there. Right. But now you, like, it's been made kind of clear through through play and through GTO calculation, that calling is far superior with hands like 10-9 offsuit to folding or shoving in spots like that. And I don't think it's so dissimilar than if Van Plu had 11 blinds and got limped to. He could check. Well, the difference is, though, like if you're, it depends on who's opening. Like If the button opens small and you've got 14 blinds, I think 10-8 offsuit's fine or whatever. Like A lot of hands you can shove from the big blind. But if it's a middle position open, 
and it's so cheap and we've only got like 12, 13 blinds. I think I agree with you. It's probably better just to call. Yeah. Um, I the think can... is you're getting such a good price. It's, you, it's hard to ever say it's bad to have called there, you know? Yeah. Right. It used to be considered really bad, though. It did. Yeah. It did. I still remember Hardigan at one point where the button opened and the big blind had like 24 blinds and it was a min open and he had jack 10 and he called and Hardigan was highly critical of that call saying like, does he have the stack size to do this? That's when I knew things had gotten way too far with this whole like, you know, you shouldn't ever, the stack size and you can't ever call anything. And that's when I started personally thinking about like, shouldn't we be calling a lot? Not just here, but a lot of these three bets and everything. Shouldn't we be playing a lot more hands? So anyway, now the world sort of tilted in that way. So feels good. Not that I was saying it to anyone but myself or maybe you, but still feels good. Right. Well, I suppose it comes down to fold equity. And to your point, if David Van Poole had 11 blinds and 10-8 suited, it's a lot different if middle position opens and he, he can flat a min open there, even if it takes him down to nine blinds, because mm-hmm. we don't assume so much fold equity, and we need fold equity with a hand like 10-8 suited. But we don't want to fold it because we're getting a great price. Right, right. Yeah. So in the situation where Litvinov limps, potentially Van Poole does have fold equity with 11 blinds, so maybe you're right. Yep. But I wouldn't hate a check back with 11 blinds either. Uh, okay, fair enough. It's fine to check it back. Depends what we think of Litvinov, really. Yeah. Anyway, Van Plu checks back with his 23 blinds, which seems like a very clear decision. Agreed. Yeah. Um, going to the flop, Livanov's got two black kings, and Van Plu's got 10-8 of spades. Pot is 2,900. Uh, flop is jack of spades, 10 of diamonds, 6 of spades. That's a cooler flop, sir. It's a, it's a big flop. It's a big flop for everyone, and really yeah. just for Van Plu. Really just for Van Plu. I mean, Livanov's just trying to avoid random two pairs at this point. I mean, Livanov has got to be thinking some version of, I've got two kings, the kid's got 22 blinds, like, whatever. Like, let's go. I'm a, I, I hope to get it in right now. And, and Van Plu's thinking, bingo, bango, bongo. Those yeah, are the yeah. words in his head. Yeah. He's They're thinking, like a graphic novel in his head. It says, bingo, bango, bongo. Three separate novel, panels. Like Sin City. Three separate panels, yes. Yeah. A lot of gruesome gore. In that, in those Not just gore, it's gruesome gore? Yes. It's a particular type of gore. Yeah, it's the most gruesome of the gore. Okay, just checking, because... <laughs> gruesome not, gore. Not, if, if not Al, a lot of gore in Sin City. If Al Gore ever go, turns professional in wrestling, goes to professional wrestling, I think I just found his name, by the way. He'd be environment-friendly Al. No, gruesome gore. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I like gruesome An gore. An inconvenient Al. I think would An be his inconvenient name. elbow. That's pretty good, yeah, actually. There, there we go. <laughs> all right, but, but moving on. <laughs> so now we, we settled that. That's good. Um, all right. So Van Plu could be looking to get it in here, right? Like, no matter what. Yeah, I think so. He, it's totally reasonable to just to sort of decide to go with the hand right now, basically. Right. And although it's possible that the hands we get it in against aren't always going to be great for us as Van Plu with 22 blinds on this flop... We're in a position where doubling up is kind of a big deal, and we need to do it. It's early enough. Like, we're not worried about ICM yet. Right. We can't just limp our way along and hope for the best, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so what do you want to do now if you're Artem Lifanov having limped preflop? This is the flop. You have the two kings. It's a short stack. I mean, I think it's fine to bet. Yeah. Do you think it's best to bet, or do you think it's best to check? I think I actually prefer a bet to a check. Because if we check, we're probably going for a check raise a lot of the time here. Yeah, I think so. And check raising is might put us in spots where we're going to fold out. Maybe not all hands that we're, that we're beating, but a lot of hands that we're beating um, might decide to go away. Like if, if um, Vampu has a jack, he's probably not going to fold to a check raise. Probably not. But he might fold some other one pair hands that if we bet, he might just go call, call, call with or call at least two streets with. I feel like we get more money by betting most of the time. What do you think? 
I'm thinking about it. Um, I think betting is not crazy. Obviously, we try to start start to hope we got caught a piece and build a pot as, yeah. as we go. I don't know if I agree with you that we're going to be in trouble against Van Plu's range that continues against our check raise. I think check raising might be pretty effective here because if Van Plu has a 10 or a jack, he has to strongly consider calling the check raise because the board's so wet. there's a ton of draws. Yeah. No question. Yeah, and Litvinov could have all of the draws. Right. You know, so I think... And, and Vampu's got the kind of stack that Lufanov can easily threaten and assume a lot of fold equity with those draws. Well, let's, let's talk about this for a second. So let's say we check and Vampu bets 1.5 blinds. Okay. How much do you want to check raise to? 45, 4,800, something like that. I think we should move in. If we're trying to get called by a 10, I think we should move in. To make it look like a flush draw? Yeah. I don't think clean in a flush draw. Like a 10 is going to have to think about folding if we make a normal raise. It may not fold. But if we move in, I don't see how a 10 can really fold. I mean, it can, but a jack's going to have to call, and I think a 10's going to think really strongly about calling with that stack size. Well, that's an interesting thought. I don't hate that idea. It's like a weird, massive overbet. It's like, why would you ever do this with a real hand kind of a thing? And the only the problem is we lose his bluffs. Right. But that's not the We're end of the world. We're going to lose those He's anyway gonna... if we make it 4,800. And, and if we make it 4,800, he actually may call with some of his major draws. He might just move in with his major draws anyway. Yeah. The one thing we lose is if he has king-queen, He's going to fold now. Or queen nine, we're going to force him to fold that hand. Yeah, He's not going to really be able to call with it. I guess king-queen could decide to just call. Yeah, I mean, I, I like some aspects of your idea, but I do like that. I think I think we keep more hands in by check-raising smaller, and we have about a pot-size shove on the turn, which is always nice to have. That's a fair point. Do we have a pot-size shove on the turn? No, we don't. Um, if oh, we, we check-raise. If yeah, we check-raise. If we made it 4,800. Yeah. There was already 2,900 in the pot. So it's like 13K in the pot. Yeah, and Van Plu will have about 16K. Okay, so fair enough. Yeah. Um, either way, I like the idea of a check raise here, actually, a little bit. I don't hate it. Mm -hmm. But I think betting is fine, too. I mean, we have kings. We're in a position we didn't want to be in. We were hoping Van Plu was going to make a move preflop. We had to assume this was going to happen a fair amount of the time, though. So the plan, I suppose, all along was start building a pot post-flop if we can't get it preflop. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and that's what Artem Limpunov does. He bets 1,500. Yeah. Can't kill him for that. Nope. Now, Van Plu has two options here. He, the option Many of, options. Yeah, well, okay, two categorical options. Calling or raising. Cannot fold. Folding I mean, is he bad. Could, he could talk to Liv Burry instead of doing either one. Just go hit on Liv Burry. Yeah. You like the Harry Potter movies? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty brilliant. Good line. I'm going to use that. My broomstick's out back. Let's go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Careful, buddy. What? Careful. It's like his car. Oh, okay. I thought you were going in a slightly different direction there. You're very disturbing. I think it's you who's disturbing. You could be Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good line, too. You could say it with that voice? <laughs> yeah, of course you would say it with you that voice. You could be Hermione. <laughs> you could be Hermione. That's how you'd say it. Yeah. I'll be... What's the name of the big guy? Hagrid. I'll be Hagrid. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have a relationship? I didn't read no, the No, of course they don't have a relationship. You never... Come on. Hermione's like nine years old and Hagrid's this like 45 year old ogre I don't know if you've you seen Game of Thrones guy. there's a lot of messed up stuff that happens no in one fantasy. is having a relationship with a nine year old in Game of Thrones that we're aware of oh god they are the bad guys are anyway let's not get into it <laughs> way to go Levy I'm just saying Vampoo has other options than just call or, or call or raise or fold here okay anyway let's talk about poker options okay so I think folding is bad and I think we can agree on that. We're never gonna fold. No, he has middle pair and a flush draw. Are we gonna call or are we gonna raise? Let's get into it. All right. So what are the advantages of raising? The advantages of raising are if we get there, we get we've already gotten money in. Yes. That's good. 
Yes. Um, because if we if we improve if the ten pairs or if a spade comes, action may be killed. Yep. So so we get more money in right away. That's the only real obvious advantage to raising that I can think of. How about for you? Yeah, I agree with that. I think we're um, well. Okay, another advantage to raising is we can get it in against flush draws, which is great. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. That's actually a really, really good point. So, yeah, there's two advantages there. We don't have... The action-killing cards don't kill our action if we raise, and we get it in now. And uh, we could get it in against, you know, the six high flush draw, and that's amazing. That would be amazing. Not I don't know the if we six can high. Actually, there's six of spades out there, but you know what I'm saying. I'm not sure if we can actually get it in against a flush draw. I know if we raise, is a flush draw just going to move us in? It might... It might. It might not. It might just call. But might, anyway, but then we built the pot. and We built a pot good. against a flush draw. Yeah. And, and the scare cards then don't ruin our action if he has a flush draw. If Lifanov has a flush draw. Well, the flush cards don't ruin our action. Yeah, right. I mean, the 10 pairing would. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there's more flush cards than 10s, obviously. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, so, yeah, there's two advantages there. Uh, I think the advantages of calling probably outweigh that. Me too. Because certainly we can sometimes get a lot of money from flush draws, but we're not raising the fold ever. And no. we're not in amazing shape against the hands we get it in against. Right. We can be ahead of some of those hands, for sure. But mostly we're not, I think. Yeah, like the hands Litvinov is just not going to fold no matter what are probably all jacks and better, right? Right. And uh, If he's got a 10, it's usually going to be a better 10 than 10-8 if he's going with it. Maybe he'll fold a 10 that's better than ours. That could be an advantage. That's of possible, but it seems like that's a weird thing to be targeting with a hand with this much equity. Yeah. Like, let's fold out a hand that's, like, barely better than ours. Like, we're probably not have to pay a lot of money anyway if he's got a barely better 10, right? right? And we can try and fold that out later in the hand. We don't have to try and fold that out now. So I would say it's it seems like a bad idea to target that. Yeah. I, I just feel like because we have middle pair, and it's not even, like, a 3, you know, it's a 10, there's just not that much to be afraid of on the turn. If we're behind... It's going to be hard to get him off a better hand anyway, and, you know, we can still improve. And if we're ahead, he's often going to fold if we put in a lot of significant action. And that seems like a good reason just not to do anything but yeah. call. We're in position. If we're out of position, you can make a much better case also for raising, I think. Because when the spade comes, then you have to donk it or check, and he's often going to check it back, right? Yeah. So I, I like a call here. Um, I think I do too. But as you were talking, I kind of came back around a little bit and think that raising might be equally good. How come? Um, because the very basic reason that it's going to be hard to double up if we don't raise. Let's think about it. So he bets, how much did he bet? 1500 Okay, so assuming we call, there's going to be 6000 in the pot. Yeah. Let's say he bets about 3000 on the turn. That's it, not crazy. Why are we assuming he's betting the turn? Sorry. Let's say one of us bets about 3000 on the turn. If he's folding anyway, then it's going to be hard to have doubled up. Yeah. So let's not worry about that. Let's assume he calls or puts in the bet himself. About yeah. 3,000 goes in. So that's another six. So that's about 12K in the pot. And how much would Van Plu? Van Plu would have like 16K on the river. Yeah. So it's possible, but it's, it's certainly easier to get in if we raise and we get action. We double up with more frequency raising on the flop, but we also are out of the tournament with a lot more frequency if we raise on the flop. We also get less. I don't know if we, I don't know if it's just forgetting about the out of the tournament. I just don't know. EV wise, if we, I think we do better with calling than with raising here, is my guess. It's close. I there think, are obviously though. some bad cards that can come on the turn too, right? Like yeah. queen, jacks, and aces that, and king, sorry, that are not, um, not jacks, but ace, king, queen that are not spades. Yeah, those are bad cards. Those are bad cards for sure. We could be losing anyway. I don't know. But mostly we feel good about our hand. I've, I think a call is better, but I will admit it's, it's not the end of the world to raise here. Yeah. With 22 blinds specifically. 
Right, but I think both plays are good plays. Yeah. Um, Van Plew decides to call, which I think is fine. Yeah. Again, we're in position. It makes it better. Yeah, he's just worried about... He's like, I don't have to get into a flip right now. I mean... Right. right. I don't necessarily need to create fold equity because I could be ahead. I have a 10. Right. Like gets to, I, oh, another advantage of just calling is we get to bluff catch later. Right. Exactly. We have a bluff catcher already. So, like, we might we, we may be in a weird spot on the river, though. Yeah, but I think that puts it over the top. We'd rather be in that spot with the opportunity to win a bigger pot as a bluff catch um, with a pretty decent hand than a spot where we just fold out a bunch of garbage. I, I agree with you overall, but that does set up a... I mean, I'm still for calling, because, and this is one of the reasons why, but... It does set up a spot where we might go call, call, fold on the river with the yeah. best hand, which would be kind of a disaster. Yeah. So that is the one problem with it. But as long as we're willing to bluff catch a reasonable amount of the time, it's probably fine. Because we can't call yeah. 100% of the time when we have a middle pair spot, right? No. Right. Okay. All right. So Van Plu does call. And the pot is now 5,900. Van Plu with 10 of spades, jack 10-6, uh, two spade board. Artem Litvinov has two black kings. You know what else has two black kings? Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. That's right. It also, also has the Red Kings. Also, the Republic of Albania. They actually have two black kings. And when I say black, I mean not their, not their race, obviously. Well, okay. <laughs> Where are you going with this? <laughs> I mean how they dress. It's, it's actually they're called the black kings in Albania. That's not true. There's no country named Albania. <laughs> this is a very How weird. Can you say that's not true? This is the best nitrogen ad of all time. Um, so, a nitrogen sports poker room. Yeah. They have all the cards because, of course, it's an online poker room. You can play with the poker guys there. You have to use the link in the description of this podcast if you want to play with the poker guys because there are a lot of exclusive events that Nitrogen will run featuring us that you can't access unless you use the link in the description of the podcast. Mm. So make sure you do that. Yes. Because once you do that, you're going to get on Nitrogen. It's Bitcoin only. And the best thing about that is these super fast withdrawals. I'm talking 5 to 20 minutes. That's how fast it is. No other site offers that. It's, uh, it's good times for you who like to play the pokers. Man, and you are just bet on the sports. You're in a different land today, aren't you? <laughs> it's a whole new world. <laughs> uh, it's a whole new world of cryptocurrency on, on yes, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room yes, where the Bitcoin flows freely. And yes, uh, you play with the poker guys. <laughs> uh, they recently halved their rake. You they know, did. You can get on that. They, they have a bunch of other stuff besides poker, too. If you, if you Whatever you fancy. You know, there's, sport, there's a ton of sports betting to do. Be careful with the whatever you fancy. Well, yeah. You may be overpromising a That's little bit. That's not exactly there. what I mean. But, I yeah, mean, there's, there's, there's casino games. There's sports betting. Um, by the way, they're legit, too. They're like yeah. a legit uh, company. And I can't say that about every online poker room or every sports betting site. But these guys pay out. They pay out fast. And then, of course, as Grant's saying, you can withdraw your money right away. It's yeah. awesome. But make sure you use the link in the description. Otherwise, you, you're a bad person. You're you a bad nothing. person. You want access to Poker Guys free rolls, Poker Guys bounty tournaments where there's bounties on our heads. Yeah. Uh, poker Guys sit and goes that are ex- like they won't show up for you in the sit and goes tab unless you use the link. And lots of other cool stuff in the future, which we don't even know about yet. No. But there's, they're always cooking up new stuff at, in the nitrogen kitchen. They're like Emerald. Exactly. Bam. Yeah, it's like that. It's like Sin City. It's like a graphic novel. Yeah. Anyway, back to the hand. Back to the hand. All right. So we're heading to the turn. Um, the pot is 5,900. Litvinov having bet 1,500 on the flop with two black kings, jack 10-6, two spades. Vamplu calling with 10-8 of spades. Turn is the three of spades. Hello. It's a good card for both players. It is. I mean, Litvinov may be a bit worried about it because, of course, Vamplu has flush draws in his range. But come on. But Litvinov has the king of spades with top pair essentially better than top pair so you gotta feel pretty good about your hand right now if you're lipping off 
Yes. Like generally Van Plew's got either some sort of draw, but mostly he's got, I think, a 10 or a jack. Like a 10 a lot of the time, I would think, is what, what he has, right? He might even raise a jack on the flop sometimes, Van Plew. Sometimes, because he know. only has 22 blinds. Maybe. And it's such a draw-heavy board. He might just think, like, whatever, let's go. I'm getting it anyway, let's go. Well, maybe. Not sure. We're not going to get into that. But I'm saying, like, um, Van Plew has a lot of made hands here. A lot of reasonable yeah. made hands. So I would think, as Litvinov, let's do this, baby. I'm loving it. So we're betting and not folding to any aggression. That's the plan? I think we should strongly consider not fold. Like, if we bet and we get moved in on, which is a very reasonable thing that could happen. Yeah. I think we would have to call with the king of spades in our hand, too. We block spades a little bit. We have an overpair. We're underrepped. Van Plu could have a lot of draws and be deciding to wait until the turn to move in because he still has full equity and he makes more money that way. It just seems reasonable to me. What do you think? Maybe. I want to think about that. Okay. Because um, Livanov does bet, and I don't think that needs to be discussed at length because, uh, you know, built, he's continuing to build a pot, make up for missed value from preflop, yeah. and it's a good card for him. It's and a good card for two him. Two kings. Um, but, okay, so he bets 2800 if Van Plu moved in, it would be for it would be for twenty k. Mm-hmm. That would be a big move in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about what range we're against there. I think there are a lot of flushes in there. It's a weird spot for Van Plu if indeed he actually he has to consider raising or calling here, right? He yeah. He's never going to fold now that he has a flush. Right. Let's before we talk about that though, let's talk about what Litvinov should do if Van Plu moves in. Well, the thing the thing I'm wondering is, would Van Plu move in, or would he just make a more normal size raise? That's that's why I was starting to switch to Van Plu for a second. Okay, if, if if Van Plu makes it, uh, let's say seventy eight hundred, right, something like that. What do we do as Lifanov? We just call, I guess. I think we call. Yeah. What do you think? And we just check call the river, no matter what, or what? We check call most rivers, maybe not all rivers. Like a jack, the jack pairing is pretty bad for us. We might still call. I don't know. When Van Pl- if Van Poole were to raise the turn, he's basically got the ace of spades or a flush or a draw, right? He doesn't really have, like, jack 10. No, I don't think so. That seems like not the, that's not the card he would raise with jack. No. He'd raise it on a brick with jack 10 if he wanted to wait one street, but yeah. he just wouldn't raise those other things. Right? right, and I don't think there's too many ace of spades in Van Poole's range because of preflop. I agree. And then... There's not that many flush draws in his range. I mean, I guess you could have queen jack with the queen of spades, but don't you think you would just call with that on the turn? He also might have raised that pre. Yeah. Um, he also might have raised that on the flop. Yeah. Oh, the queen jack with the oh, with the queen of spades, right? Yeah. Um, I would expect him to just call on the turn with yeah. all those hands. Yeah. So I don't think it's a very good spot for for Livinov's hand if Vampu actually raises. I don't think we can fold the turn, though. I don't think so. We're no. going to have to call and hope it all works out for us But it's later. it's kind of a bad spot. Yeah. It turns into a, a bit of a bad spot. Well, I, I mean, mean, the other thing is Van Plu can have any two cards, right? So yeah. he can have all the two pairs. By the way, because he's short and it's blind versus blind, I don't expect Van Plu to raise his other two pair hands. But it's not completely impossible. It's kind of impossible. Yeah, it? it is. Now that I say that, it's kind of impossible. All right. So the the other way to look at this, though, is that Van Plu's value range is actually pretty small. Yeah. So... But, but, his, but he could have a lot of draws, but not ones? many value. Which draws? Straight draws. That he's now trying to rep spades? Um, yeah. It's like the board got a little scarier. So mostly queen nine and eight nine. Um, yeah, he's not going to have too much king queen, is he? No. Maybe gut shots, too. Seems unlikely. Queen eight? It's possible, but I... King I, nine? It's pretty unlikely, I think. Yeah. It's, I'm stretching here, man. Yeah. I think it's kind of bad. It's a bad spot. It's a bad spot. This is a reason, by the way, to consider checking yeah. instead of betting as Livanov because I know we have the king of spades. And I know we're underrepped. 
But that card's not great for us, and it also it's a card that we would normally check here, right? I mean, it is good for our hand. We improved to the second nut flush draw along with our pair, but it's bad because our opponent made a flush sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. And also, it's harder to get action sometimes. Yeah. If our opponent has a tiny, tiny thing, he may just be giving up now. He's going to fold all his sixes now. Right. Exactly. He's definitely going to fold his sixes. He might call his tens, but he might he fold. He might call his tens. He might just give those up, too. He's not yeah. going to fold his jacks, right. I, I imagine, is how yeah. it's going to go. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe we should just be check calling. I think maybe we should be check calling this, even though it, quote, improves our hand. Yeah, I agree. But Litvinov bets, and I don't think that's horrible. When we're this short, it's okay. When Effectively, I mean. Right, because Van Plouk could just hold on with a jack or a ten, and we can get a lot right. of value by the time the river comes. Because it's blind versus blind. Like, there's a weird... There's a lot of times where someone's just going to barrel blind versus blind, and the other guy's going to hold on. And so we actually have kings here, and yeah. we'd hate to miss out on the chance to get all this kid's chips or most of them, right? This is a problem with, with underrepping your hand preflop to such an extreme level. It, like, puts you in these weird spots where if you kind of are auto-focused on that pre-flop under-representation, and mm-hmm. it's hard to put the rest of the pieces together and yeah. understand what it all means. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, nonetheless, uh, Litvinov does decide to bet, and now this is an interesting decision for Van Plew. Yes. Like, we need to try to get some more money in this pot, but do we do it now or do we do it on the river? I mean, the problem with raising now is what is Litvinov calling with if we raise? What hands can he call us with? Big spades in his hand and something else? Right, because uh, based on what we just outlined as the problems for if Litvinov gets raised by Vamplu, Vamplu's aware of those. He's a very good player. Yeah. So he might be concerned that he's just going to fold out all of Litvinov's hands if he raises. Like so many of them. And if, if Litvinov has anything, we can get value on the river anyway. We are yeah. in position. And Litvinov, may, if he's bluffing, we can give him a chance to fire one more time, which isn't yeah. so bad either. I think we're supposed to call. What do you think? I think we're supposed to call too. I think we're going to get way too many folds from marginal value hands by raising because the spade. I mean, Livanov has to put us on like floating a lot on the flop with the plan of raising spades because if we had showdown value on the flop, we're probably not going to raise the spade. Here's the problem with just calling. And I don't know if it really matters, but if we're looking at this from a more balanced perspective, what raises do we have here? Like if we've got, we're going to have some bluff raises, right? Do we have no raises, basically? Because I think we, we might. Raise? We might have no raises. Okay, we have to have essentially. Maybe we could decide to raise the nuts, and then we can have a few bluffs on the other side. But that's it. Are we never raising just the naked ace of spades here? I don't think so. I don't think we get here with just naked ace of spades that often. We'd have to have more than that. Um, we'd have, and we can't really have ace queen or ace king. So it is really hard to get here with the naked ace yeah. of spades. Well. We, che- we decided to check the flop, which is a pre-flop, which is possible. And we decided to call once on the flop with ace high in the back door, the two back doors. That's not impossible. I don't know. When we're this short. We still have 23 blinds or 22 blinds. 20 blinds after the bet on the flop. But even. I think the naked ace of spades is a strong candidate to fold on the flop without any other equity except for back door equity. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I think the, ace is the, na- the spade, though, makes it possibly decides to call once in position. Possible but unlikely. Okay. Okay, so once in a while, maybe you can show up with the naked ace of spades, but not that often. How, is that yeah. fair to say? Yes. Like, less so than the normal distribution of ace of spades right. would be in his hand. Um, what else are we... So if that's our only bluff, then we can also bluff with the nuts. Yeah. And then besides that... We just don't raise. That's it, right. And that actually might balance well, because when we have the nuts, um, that means we had an ace in our hand pre and didn't raise pre, and that means we have the naked ace of spades, means we had an ace in our hand pre and yeah. didn't raise pre. True. So those are... So, so that's going to be close anyway. Maybe not enough, but close. 
I but mean, obviously, we really can't this, raise anything else. This, like anything we talk about, is kind of opponent dependent. If we think yeah. our opponent's a big fish, which Litvinov is not a big fish, I don't think. I don't know. Is he? I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's perceived to be, but um, if we know our opponent's a big fish and we're Vampu here, we might decide to raise because our opponent might get married to any pair and like yeah. we're going to get value easily by raising. Yeah. But a thinking player is going to fold a lot of their range if we raise on this turn card. What about the king-queen with the king of spades? It's just hard for us to have that pre. Yeah. It's just so hard. King-nine with the king of spades? So we had a gut shot, an over, and a back door, and then we improved to the spade draw on the turn, and he bets again, and we're like, well, yeah. I can raise this. Or you could just call it, by the way. Yeah, it's okay to call, too. It's still kind of cheap to yeah. just call. But it's okay to move in there with that kind of a hand, don't you think? Or raise, maybe not move in, but raise with that kind The problem is we raise and he moves in, it's sort of a disaster. Maybe the stack size demands we can't raise a hand like that, actually. Yeah, it might be that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, Vampu decides to call, yeah. and I think we like that decision. I think so, too. We just can't have very many bluffs on this board. That's right. A, that's fine. Yeah. But it's going to be tough to get value no matter what, essentially. I mean, that's just the nature of this hand at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, we're, so hoping, we get... we're hoping he bets again on the river. Yeah. Right. So we get to the river. And the pot after the bet call, bet call is 11,500. And uh, the river is the four of diamonds. Okay. That's great for Van Plu. Nice and clean. Yeah. No paired board. No more spades. It's all very good. Yeah. Uh, Litvinov was probably hoping for another spade. But I don't know. I mean, sure. He wouldn't mind another spade, but he probably feels reasonably good about his hand, right? Well, I guess the question now is should Litvinov bet? That's the question. Because Van Plu's called twice. Right. I mean,. I think we should bet. Okay, why? I just feel like Van Plu's going to check back his one pair of hands so often. Maybe maybe a jack not, but if we're trying to get value out of a 10, don't we have to bet? He's checking back all 10s. Yeah. He might check back most of his jacks. He might check back all his jacks that he reasonably shows up with here because he can't really have ace jack. And he probably can't have king jack very often either. I agree. If, we, if he's got queen jack and we check, is he going to bet? I think he's going to think for a while and decide it's just not worth it. I'm too short. I can't take a chance here. I check the pot's big enough, blah, blah, blah. That's quite possible. So I agree with you. I think just because we need to get value from all of Van Plu's one pair hands, which he reasonably has a lot of tens and all of the jacks yeah. right now that he might check back if we check. So we got to try to get value out of those. Yeah. It is also a little scary, though, because, you know, Van Plu could have a better hand than us. Without question. Yeah. But, but actually, if Van Plu has a better hand than we are and we check, he's going to bet anyway. Yeah. So... In some ways, it's not it's not so scary. If we're going to bet or he's going to bet, a bet's going to go in. Like, we're right. going to put some chips in. We know that. So it's not about that. If he's got a better hand, that's fine. We just have to have a plan for what happens if we get raised. Now, we know Van Plu's hand, so we think it's pretty likely we're going to get raised, right? Yeah. But we just, as um, as Livinov, we have to have, be thinking about that at least, right? We don't, I guess we don't have to think about it yet. We just have to be prepared to think about it. <laughs> well, how do you think we should size it when okay. we bet here? 11,500 in the pot. We're trying to get called by a 10 or a jack, right? We want to keep all of the 10s in there if we can. So we don't want to bet too big. We, want to, we, don't, want to, we don't want to blow them off. We want to say, you're still going to have chips even if you lose. It's okay. How many? He's got 16,000 right now? Uh, yeah. So he's got 16 blinds. Boy, we're going to have to size this pretty small. Well, how much should we bet the turn three? 2,800. I think we should bet like 4,100, something super small like that. Yeah, I like Leave that. Even 12 blinds. I like that. Make him feel like it's okay to be wrong here, and I can't just let him blow me off a 10. I just can't. Like, How can you fold a 10 for four, for four blinds here? I'm not saying you can't, but that's a hell of a hero fold, don't you think? He's got more like 18K, by the way. Oh, he does? Yeah. 
So maybe we can push it up one, like 4,800. Yeah. But that, I feel like we just don't want to blow them up. We, we got to get called by a 10 here. Yeah, I agree. Um, Livinov decides to go a little bit bigger. Yeah. He bets 6,800. And it's possible he's trying to play on his image. He's kind mm. of a crazy guy. I don't know if okay. he plays poker like a crazy guy, but he definitely acts like a crazy guy. Okay, that's fair. And you know what? The other side, the other thing about going big is then you maybe you get a few more heroes, you know, like betting 4,100 or 4,800, I guess, is where we, where we ended up. Sort of says, like, I have something and I really want you to call with a 10. <laughs> yeah. But Van Poo's probably a mathy guy who's going to call anyway in that spot, is my guess. Because I mean, he has look, glasses? Look is at that him. why you said that? Why don't you go back to Hogwarts, you damn muggle? Harry Potter is not a mathy guy, is he? He goes to school. He's science-based. Is it science? <laughs> For them, it is. Okay. For them, it's science. Just because to you, it's a fantasy element. But is there, like, arithmetic in this science they absolutely Did they show Harry Potter doing algebra in the movie? Do they show it? Do they show it? Do they show it? What kind of question is that? I know they play some stupid game with the ball and throw it around and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. The golden thistle or whatever the it is. The golden compass? Whatever their race. What's the name of that game? I don't know. I used to know it. Was it called like widgets or something? It's something like that, but it's <laughs> not widgets. Okay. We're gonna, there's, someone's going to tweet us the name of the game for sure. Yeah. They actually play that game like at Brown University. It's embarrassing. We should do a Harry Potter podcast where I do reviews of Harry Potter books that I haven't read. Okay, I mean I've read them all, so yeah, I can I can respond. Harry Potter and the and the dastardly demons. My favorite part is on page three hundred and eleven when Harry Potter kills the demon and then he throws his wand into the sea and cries out in agony. That part was good. It's not. It's not one of the books. It's not. No. (laughs) Oh, there are seven books. That is not one of them. But anyway, <laughs> one could argue there are eight books now, by the way, for all you Harry Potter files out there. But anyway. Anyway. Where, where, where were we? Um, okay, Lifting so... Lifting bet 6,800. Right. So so you do get heroed maybe by a 10 sometimes, too, because it looks like you're you're trying to push him off that versus the, like, I'm going for value. But I think I'm guessing, right, that Van Poo's probably a slightly more mathy guy and is probably better to give him a good price than to price him out of it. Yeah, Probably. Probably, but lifting off about sixty eight hundred. Yeah, um, I mean that's fine. That's now, fine. now comes the intrigue of the hand because yes. Vampu starts tanking a little bit. He probably wouldn't tank, but Lifanov immediately kind of starts talking to him. Right. Um, I'm gonna probably offend some people. I'm gonna try to do a Russian accent. You probably offend people anyway, so you're good. Yeah, just by my presence. Just by your. Negreanu gets away with it, right? He does all sorts of accents. I don't know how he gets away with it. Yeah. I'll be honest. Like the the level of. Outrage at certain kinds of things, and then Negrano gets to, to do those things, and no one seems to care. It's it's surprising to me. Yeah, he does like accents of people of other races. You're not supposed to do that. The way he does, I don't know. I, it's a little off. <laughs> it's a little off. Just between yeah. us, I so, love the guy, but it's a little off. I'm white, so I feel like Russians okay. Right, exactly. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Um, all right. So Livanov says. If you say all in, I quickly call because you have Schwartz's deck. I mean, that was amazing. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to offend anybody with <laughs> that. That was that good. Was that was outrageous. Actually, I didn't feel that good. That was incredible. So what I what I said in American is if you're in American, <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it with my American accent. Yeah, if okay. you say all in, I quickly call because you have Schwartz's deck. If you if you say all in, I quickly call because you have Schwartz's deck. It's not horrible. You that was did, actually pretty you did good a decent yeah. job. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's fun, right? It is. <laughs> Accents are fun. <laughs> uh, so what does that say to you for, if you're David Van Plew? Okay, he feels polarized now. He does, I, mean, I wouldn't think he has a hand like two kings. Now I think he has a hand like a like a flush or nothing. Like he's either going to insta-call or insta-fold when he says that, right? It's rare he's going to be – he's going to – because it feels like what he's trying to do is convince me 
to put my chips in right now, right? Which I would only do with, if I'm moving in, I'm going to be doing that with a polarized hand myself. Right. So why would he want to be convincing me with a hand that isn't polarized? Yeah, because he's, he's, it looks like he's trying to look weak, sort of. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And the thing is, how many levels are we going with this? Yeah. Right? Is, he, is he just like, that's the kind of thing an amateur might say, and then you move in pretty quickly. Um, or uh, a good player might say that because they're one level past that, and they're saying, ha-ha, you're going to move in quickly because you're a dummy, and then you yeah. can do these levels forever, and who knows. All right. But, and Litvinov is not done talking. Right. Zamplu continues to tank. Litvinov says, please not slow roll me. That's what he says. That's nice. Yeah, so That's what nice. he means by that is the next thing he says, I promise if you say all in, like, call. Right. So he's saying, like, I'm definitely calling if you go all in. It's a slow roll if you have a good hand and right. you don't just go all in right now because right. why are we wasting everybody's time here? Like, let's go. I'm definitely calling. I've already decided it's yeah. not a thing. But, I mean, like, you can't just take your opponent's word for of it if you're David you Van can't. So what is, what is Lifanoff trying to accomplish? I mean, since, since we, as Van Plu, we cannot believe for a second that he actually means what he's saying. He might mean it because he's got, he's got his crushed or he's got a flush. Right, but again, it just feels just polarized. Or it might mean he has a bluff. Right, but that's what I mean, polarizing yeah. versus you just never think he would have a medium strength hand here. And in this on this board in this spot, if we move in, Kings is at best a medium strength hand, right? Yeah. Like, what's the worst hand for value that Litvinov is taking this line with? It's like King Jack, right? Yeah, and you would think a lot of players would slow down and check one of the streets with a hand like that. I would think so, but let's say. King Jack with the King of Spades. You decide to bet the turn. You're like, you know what? I'm betting the river. I want to get value from tens and jacks. Okay. It's fine. I got the King of Spades. I'm blocking stuff anyway. Whatever. Van Plu never has ace jack. It's fine. Um, so if a King Jack is the worst hand, because I really think we probably check back. We probably check, sorry, Queen Jack somewhere along the way as Litvinov. Probably the river, but somewhere. Then Kings is just three pips better than that, right? I mean, yeah. And and all the hands that it's better than are hands that are not in Van Plu's range. So it's effectively the same thing as King Jack, right? Unless Van Plu, no, maybe it's one pip better than because Van Plu maybe can show up with King Jack once in a while. Van Plu's almost never going to show up with Queens. We have Kings anyway. He's almost never going to show up with Ace Jack, right? Yeah, just because of the pre-flop stuff. So we're just one pip better effectively than our worst hand. We can do this for value with. So where are we? Where are we doing this? As Litvinov, it's really weird. We should would, probably check one of these streets. We Well, I don't mind the bet, but I think we have to have a plan. Like, we can't just, like, we can't mean it. Let me put it this way. We, we can't say, mean what we're saying about the slow roll thing and everything? We can't mean I call you instantly if you move in. That's crazy with this hand. We'd have to think for a really long time at least, right? Because we're somewhere in the middle. We're not, we're not polarized at all. No. Well, guess what happens? Vamplu moves in and Litvinov is not lying. Yeah, he I just know. snap calls. Doesn't think about it. I'm very aware of this, as I've been saying, yeah. of course, all the things. Yeah, he uh, he insta calls so fast, it's weird. So the thing is, the interesting thing about it is the motivation was not gameplay behind all of his talk. I think he was just saying this because he really meant it. He yeah. wanted Van Poo to make faster decisions, and he's like, I I, I've already it's already done. You know, like there's no way I'm folding to your short stack. I'm right. just going to call. So why don't you just move in already if you're going to do it? I like, mean, Van Poo having a short stack does make it hard to fold kings here. On the other hand. What in the world is Van Plu going call, call, shove with? Maybe there's some bluffs in there. And so he would decide to do it with some bluffs. But I don't know. Lifanov's size is pretty big on the river. It makes yeah. it a lot harder to bluff. I like, agree. Van Plu has 18K. Lifanov bets 6,800. I is, think we don't. We should not snap call. Like we need to strongly consider folding this here. Is, this especially is especially when we make the speech. This is another reason to bet forty one hundred or forty eight hundred. Where now we can at least think like, well, we're betting small. It looks like we're blocking. 
and Van Plu moves in, and maybe he can still have some bluffs. Yeah, he, could he has then, less bluffs now when we bet so. He could have like uh, it's hard to have the ace of spades, but he could, if he had the ace of spades, right. that'd be a good. And we know he can't have the king of spades, right? So now he's have like queen nine with the queen of spades. Yeah, which is not impossible. Queen eight with the queen of spades. Those kinds of things. Not impossible, but there's not too many of those. No. Um. Yeah. But but by betting smaller, yeah, we might induce something. By betting big, it's hard to induce. Yeah, so I actually think this is a fold. I think we certainly can't insta-call. Because whatever we were thinking before, now that we've given this speech, we've changed the dynamic. We've certainly changed the dynamic. We have to think about what the dynamic is. And I don't know what the, I don't know what the right play is now. And I think, here's another thing. I think that Vampu's been playing with Litvinov and is aware of who Litvinov is. Yeah. And... If that's the case, you might know that he's not doing like a Wilkasuf style speech play. He's just telling you the truth. Right. He's saying like, I'm calling if you move in. Well, here's what happens right after too, because Livanov then starts swearing in Russian. He gets and, really and mad. In English, um, saying he's got slow rolled and all this stuff. And then Plu, without really defending himself, he sort of just explains like, you seem so strong with what you were saying. Yeah. Right. And it's true because because it's polarizing anyway. Right. Yeah. You figure when you move in, it's like, is he just going to fold everything except the stuff that's crushing me here? Like, I hope he has a worse flush because I don't know what else is going to call me. Right. So as Vampoo, you have to think through all of this and ultimately decide. And this is what I think I would do if I were Vampoo. And I knew Litvinov, knew who he was and, and how he talks during hands yeah. and how he's kind of honest in these spots a lot of the time. I think I would ultimately decide, OK, I think he's telling the truth. And I so I just I have to move in because my hand is too strong, but it's a little bit scary. It sucks to move in and just do the things that you're worried about happening, like what that would normally happen here, right? Which is essentially, unless he has a worse flush, you fold out everything, almost everything. Almost. Well, the, well, the thing that makes me feel a little bit better is the first thing that Livanov says, which is, if you say all in, I quickly call because you have short stack. Right. Which means Livanov doesn't necessarily have to be that strong to call. He's just making the decision based on the price. Okay, but that means we have to take him at his word here, right? Otherwise... Yeah. The whole thing is meaningless, right? Like we have to. Of course. Like most of the time, when people give their reasons, now this is a little different. I'll acknowledge when they give a reason for why they might take their action. It's that's it's like strengthening or weakening their range, and it's usually has nothing to do with that. The reasoning, right? Yeah. But he's already saying he's giving a reason for something that hasn't happened yet. Right. Right. So it's a little bit different. He doesn't have to say that because you have short stack. So maybe you're right. Maybe that's. A, and I I do think that's why he insta calls. But I agree with you. I don't think it's correct. Well, all of this should lead Livanov to, to lean towards folding, in my opinion, because if yeah. we take up a second and think about it from Vamplu's perspective, you're concerned about getting called by a worse hand when you're Vamplu with the 10 high flush. Right. So Vamplu's not going to bluff, not after all this. It seems very... I mean, the reason why Vamplu could decide to bluff is because, I mean, Livanov sure looks polarized and is when he anybody, doesn't have it. In practice, is anybody actually bluffing here? It's pretty rare. How about yeah. that? I won't say never, but I think it's pretty rare. I think it's really rare. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Van Plu doesn't have to. He still has, you say he has 18K, right? Yeah. He's got 18 blinds. He's just he calling with ace-jack, right? He's not going to move in with ace-jack. 100% he's just calling with ace-jack. We're beaten by all value that Van Plu has. Right. And he's very rarely bluffing, right? If he had ace-jack, he would have raised pre or certainly raised on the flop. He's not going to raise now. Is there anything else you think there's to say about this hand? I think Livanov truly made the decision that he was going to call when Vampu moved in, was telling the truth, and should have realized that that was a bad idea. Like, you should probably really consider folding when Vampu, after you seem so strong, and Vampu takes this line. By the way, without any of this, we can consider folding, by the way. Of course. Without any of the talking. For sure. No, I think the talking is the reason to consider calling. But whatever it is, when you do something which changes the dynamic of the hand, 
whatever your plan for the hand was, you at least have to think about how the dynamic is different now and if you should still follow your hand. It doesn't seem like Livinov had any of that going on in right. his head, which is a mistake. Of course. Of course. And I think he just was a bit tilted because Van Plew tanks a lot and he's on his left and he was tanking and he wanted to get him out and he... Just yeah. was like I'm calling. I'm calling this kid. Screw this kid. Right. You know, and and that's fine. It's actually I think it's really fine for him to decide. I'm calling this kid. I really yeah. do, especially with the king of spades in his hand. But once you say all that, you have to at least think about does that change anything from a smart player like Van Plu? Right. Like if it was just a if it was just a fishy guy, maybe you don't have to think. Kid's about Kid's got it glasses. Much. He's mathy. I mean, my gosh, he's in love with Hermione. Um, what? Let me They're see if I can with conjure a spell. Let me. Is this the right word? Yeah, so far. And so. Vedato. That's you know what? That's pretty good. You did good on that. Clarabangido. Nope. Not as good. That one's not very good. Didn't like that one. And Vedato is the kind of thing they might say in Harry Potter, though. Xenophiliac. Nope. <laughs> that sounds like someone who's got a disease where you can't eat certain types of grains. I said ock, not ack. Oh, I know. Xenophiliac. I said certain types of grains, Grant. You're unbelievable. What what's another what's another word use? Um Obvelation. <laughs> I feel like that's a real word. Obvelation? It's like close to a real word. Obviate is a word. It's, it's close to obfuscate. It is as well. Obviation. Yeah. I just made it up, man. You're welcome. It means go away. Pla- plantar fasciitis. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. We're going, we're going deep. You could be my Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say that to Liv Maria, even though you you don't necessarily look like Harry Potter? You look more like Harry Potter than I do, but yeah, I less, less do. than David Van Plew does. Wait, wait till I get the, the little lightning tattoo on my forehead, and I mean permanent. Why are you going to do that? The ladies. Oh, for the ladies. I get it now. I'm, I'm going to use that Hermione line for the rest of my life you must I get have that little read tattoo. That, you must have read that book, The Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get the Harry Potter glasses, get the little... Frickin', I almost swore there, uh, lightning bolt, and it's just going to be knee-deep in Hermione's. You told you know, <laughs> Van Plew is commonly referred to as a Harry Potter lookalike, but yeah. there was another player we, we talked about recently that you said looked like Harry Potter. I think it was Martin Kozlov. You kept saying he looks oh, like Harry Potter. Oh, because of the Potter. glasses, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's the glasses. You know, they used to call um, Dario Mineri Harry Potter because of his scarf back right. in the day. Yeah. Also, he was tiny. He was like yeah. the size of a... Of a baby mouse. A baby mouse. Yeah, smaller than a normal mouse. Like the runt of the litter, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Still blind, probably. <laughs> but you have to take care of them. Yeah, it's so cute. The cats always get those guys, though, in the end. <laughs> All right, anyway, I yeah. we did it. Oh, yeah, we did it. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took them on a break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.